Whitey Gleason and Jay Marsh today. Jay Marshall. Don't worry about Chris Watkins. You get to hear him today, 2 to 6, with Gary Sharp. How about that? Does Gary Sharp know it's a wet blanket Wednesday? He has no idea. And Gary's, I've worked Sorry. with Gary. A My couple, bad. <laughs> I've worked with Gary a couple times. A gen, genuinely positive guy. I know. Oh, he's about to get hit over the head with a wet blanket <laughs> like none other today. Uh, Ryder did something that, before we get into it, Jay Mars, I want to ask you if you think this is a good idea or not. Uh, Connor Orr, long time, very respected NFL writer. He decided, I don't know if he's done this in the past. He decided he was going to take all 272 games in the regular season NFL schedule here in August, and he's going to predict the outcome of each of those games. you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Uh, I don't think there's many worst ideas you could have. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of with you. Like, what a colossal waste of time, right? Is he just bored? It's like, eh, you know, it's like filling out a 60-player mock draft. Like, let's just see how close I get just because. <laughs> that's probably it, right? Yeah. Connor, we need this many words for you from you on the site. Uh, okay, I'll do every game. Uh, great. Awesome. Great. Yeah. The Yahoos in Sacramento will talk about it. Do it. I mean, we don't even, how can you even predict the 49ers and the Steelers, the opener? We don't right. know who's playing or who's healthy. No. Yeah. Everyone, that, everyone was circling the Eagles game. That's the big match. I'm like, dude, both of these teams can be decimated by injuries in week 12, and that game may be completely meaningless and flexed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just, it's yeah. dumb. But bless him for trying, try I guess. Mm-hmm. And he gives us something to kick around here. So here's week by week, 49ers this year. I'm not going to give you the scores. I don't think he does scores. Uh, but he has them winning. Yay, 49ers win That's the right. opener. 1-0. Lose at L.A. to the Rams. Hmm. Then they beat the Giants. They beat Arizona. Lose to the Cowboys. At home? Yeah. On Sunday night football? Yes. That's Trey Lance is going to get them. They win at Cleveland. They win at Minnesota. Sorry, sorry, Watkins. Uh, they lose to the Bengals, and then they have the bye. So that leaves them going to the bye. One, two, three, four, five, and three. Come out of the bye at Jacksonville. Ah, Trevor Lawrence is going to have nine touchdowns that game. Which would mean they'd be five and four at that point, and that would look a lot like the last two 49er seasons. Yeah, and would cause a lot of panic, would cause a lot of unnecessary drama. Is Brock Purdy really the guy? Did they make a mistake not keeping Trey Lance? That will be the entire conversation, by the way. <laughs> From there, Connor Orr says the 49ers will win, 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 win. And win to finish 13 and four. He's got them five and four, one game out of the bye. Then he's got them running the table against Tampa Bay, Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle again, Arizona, Baltimore, the Washington Commanders, and the Rams. 13 and four, tied, Connor Orr, remember he did the whole league, mm-hmm. tied with Cincinnati for the best record in the National Football League. And that must mean. That after they go five and four and that loss, because if we're going to look at this and how he broke this down, we have to put our own context around it and what is leading to this, right? That's the moment that they realize, you know what? Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Sam Darnold gets onto the field and leads them and doesn't lose a ball game and wins the Super Bowl. (laughs) He writes, I feel like it's somewhat redundant for me to champion the 49ers an organization that I, I have been notably obsessed with for three years now. Brock Purdy is back and really good. The roster is stable, experienced in the right places, young and aggressive in others. I don't see a team in their immediate rear view in the NFC right now. That includes last year's conference champions, <clears throat> excuse me, the Eagles, Connor Orr, 13-4 49ers, tied 
for best record in the league with Cincinnati and the best record in the NFC. Well, I'll say this. I hope Connor's right. As a San Francisco 49ers fan, I had them I have 12 or 13 games. But I want to say, what, Vegas have them at like 10 and a half? I yeah. thought that was incredibly low. Like, Vegas clearly not buying the Brock Purdy hype if you well, got this team at... Vegas just knows that people around the country are still going, Brock Purdy, I, who's that? He's no good. I've always said this. If Brock Purdy were a fourth-round pick last year, do we are we even having the conversation of, is Brock Purdy good? Is Brock... Right? Yeah, but not to the same extent. <laughs> sure. Because it's the fact that he's the last pick in the draft. I think it's the fact that he went to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the fact now, that he's... whose voice was that? Was that Jerry or was that some that was, random Iowa State? That was some random Iowa Stater that moved from the South to okay. Iowa. All right. And then um, the fact that he's 6'1". I feel like if Brock Purdy's a second-round pick at 6'1", like people are calling him the next Drew Brees because hyperbole is a thing between fans and talking heads. And I feel like literally the only thing people are still holding on to with Brock Purdy is that last pick. That's it. Like, you can't look at his game. Like, look at him in the preseason. He looked excellent. He's getting the ball down the field. He can run with the ball. He's making quick decisions. When it's time to make, you know, get the ball out, he makes the right decision, too, whether that's getting it to a receiver or, hey, man, it's time to throw the ball away, or, hey, I need to scramble. Like, the kid makes all the right decisions. I still think there's a lot of people around the country who don't understand the position in this offense. They don't understand what it is the 49ers need from the position. Even Michael Lombardi, and I think we talk about this um, towards the second half of the show today, Michael Lombardi was on with Bill Simmons, and he said, Michael Lombardi has been in front offices uh, in the NFL, so obviously he's forgotten more about football than than I'll ever know. That said, he says, I don't think Brock Purdy needs to be very good. I think Bill Simmons said that, and and, uh, Lombardi seconded that. He didn't have to be very good. Just, you know, got to be like a B-minus point guard. And to me, that's wrong. Brock Purdy's the quarterback of the 49ers. He has to be really good. Yes. Just He doesn't have to throw for 5,000 yards. No. But what they're asking him to do, he's got to do it with hyper-efficiency. And that, or it doesn't work. And that's it. That is the whole idea behind Shanahan's offense. Just be efficient. Just get the ball in the right places. And for people to kind of step back and be like, oh, that's all you have to do. That's a really difficult thing to do in the Thank NFL you. is Thank to consistently you. put the ball in the right spot. Thank you. Yes. yes. There's a reason why the top-tier quarterbacks are paid what they paid. If it was as simple as put the ball in the right spot, the quarterback position wouldn't be that important and you wouldn't be doling out these, you know, quarter of a million, a quarter of a billion dollar deals to the Patrick Mahomes of the world if it were that simple. No, he has to be amazing because the guy preceding him, Jimmy Garoppolo, again, we broke it down last hour. Not always great in putting the ball in the right spot. No, There's a had, reason his, had his moments, yes. but then every so often, Jimmy, what are you looking at? No, it, it, to be a hyper-efficient quarterback in the NFL is one of the most difficult things to do in sports. Yeah, that's crazy to me that they would just kind of dumb it down that way. Do you think Verlaud would would uh, wild track that? Would I, Jimmy, what are you looking at? You think we'll hear that again or no? I think you want him to because you did it twice. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, that would be hard to find it, you know, the right context for it. So Would it? Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of that this year in Las Vegas. I'm writing the checks. Trust me. I know where the money goes. You never know. You never know what he's doing back there. Wait, are you writing the checks now, too? We need to have a talk, sir. I don't know. I, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, thanks for being with us today. And again, Chris Watkins is going to be back this afternoon. Thank goodness. Poor Chris. He's, in my understanding, is he's had some some bronchial issues and he's 
you know, gotten uh, medication and he's fine. But if you go outside today, <coughs> this is not a great Gross. day to be recovering from bronchitis around here. No, it is not at all. And, man, do we want him in, like, is that... Does he have the antibiotics? Can he pass the bronchitis? I'm not sure if I want to crosstalk with uh I don't think uh, I'm assuming and by the way, that was my initial diagnosis, secondary infection. Okay. Uh, if it's uh, you know, bacterial, which I think is it, it is, that's not uh that's not something that uh um <laughs> So we're not catching bronchitis right. is what you're telling Contagious me. Contagious is the word I was struggling with. And then with we'll just you know, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh Russell. Oh, here comes Russ. What's Russ bringing to the party? You know who Purdy reminds me of? Tony Romo. I yeah. No. 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 Why not? Not seeing it. What What's the reminder there? To me, it's a heralded guy. Tony was, Tony's a little more. <laughs> Tony's uh, short. Tony's not that tall, right? Not quite as efficient, but Tony put up big numbers. Didn't win. That's probably where Russell's going. Didn't ever win at all. Never won a lot, but was a winner. Did Tony? How but many playoff Tony, games did Tony Romo win? I'd have to look that up, but that wasn't. Um, yeah, his it wasn't a glittering postseason resume. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, actually littered with many of late game picks, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans only is being six one really an impediment. Kyler Murray is five ten. Overhyped, overpaid. Yeah, Kyler Murray, I think the Cardinals clearly at this point have decided they're moving off of Kyler Murray. Yo, and very the fact clearly. that he's 5'10 is a factor, may not be the factor, but it's a factor. Yeah, and man, they paid him a lot of money to not watch tape, apparently. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because getting off of Kyler Murray, that's a that's a huge cap hit. And, you know, again, as we've said, uh, Caven for Caleb, they're clearly doing that this year, but what do you do with Murray? Do you just take a monster cap hit? And then is there a coaching staff or a team in the NFL that can kind of bring him in? Because he is a talented kid and be like, okay, we're going to teach you how to be a professional quarterback in the NFL. We still believe in you. Or does he go play for the A's? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also, Tony Romo won two playoff games in his career. You know, I know you're joking, but you know how hard that is? to play baseball when you've been away from it for that long. Yes, it's very difficult. Baseball, guys play every single day of the year, and still, for some of them, that's not enough. Yeah, some of them will go play winter league. Yeah, no, you have to. It's so very for Kyler, difficult. like, ah, you take a few years off, get back into it. You know, like, all that Tim Tebow is uh, not going to work. Uh, dare I say this? I think he'd be more successful than Tim Tebow. <laughs> like, I feel like Tim Tebow was there to sell tickets. Well, at least Kyler could play center field. Yes. I don't know Tyler, Tebow, was he a DH or something? I don't know. He wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Like, it got to the point where with Tebow, it was like, okay, clearly this guy's here to sell tickets. It's like, okay, when is Tim Tebow wrestles a bear night? You, you know? know what the future is for Kyler? Either Kyler Murray or, and this is Greeny said this today on ESPN, either Kyler Murray or, as Greeny said, Matt Stafford, there's a very good chance one of those two will be the next quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I could small. I'm not saying it's smart, Um, but I'm saying I think Stafford's from there. Didn't he play with your guy Kershaw? Yeah. no, They were on the football team and the baseball team together? Yes, they are BFFs, Kershaw and Stafford, now both in L.A., obviously. Wouldn't that be something if Kershaw signs with the Rangers and then Stafford Mm -hmm. signs with the Cowboys? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's always been one of the teams favored. Like, if Kershaw ever decided to leave the Dodgers, it's like, well, he'll go home and play in Dallas. Arlington is right by Dallas, so... Gosh, that would be Unless something. the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, then Dak's my guy. I love Dak. I always love Dak. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Dak's my guy? No, before that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If the Cowboys win <laughs> the, the Super Cowboys Bowl. If the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's Bowl. possible. It's mathematically possible. 
But if they don't, then it's going to be, we got to find a quarterback who can win a Super Bowl. Well, and I had two of them, and they told me I couldn't play them both at the same time. So it ain't going to be Looking Dak for the and score. Coop. Looking for the score. Back up to a five. Uh, I think you're still at a four. God damn it. <laughs> And you were you were sitting when you weren't trying is when you did. I know I'm in my own head now. That's the problem. Uh, Coming up next year, here's a question: Do we know who the 49ers kicker is yet? Maybe, kind of, sort of, yeah, a little bit. Next year, Whitey and Watkins, Jay Moore's in today. Sackdown Sports. Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. And today here, Jay Mars in for Watkins. Uh, Chris Watkins will be along this afternoon. It'll be uh, Sharp and Waddy. That's what I'm going with. Sharp and Waddy? Sharp and Waddy. Wow. That sounds very Biloxi, Mississippi morning show. Sharp and Waddy. You know morning, you, you and I are today? We're the midday. We're the monsters of the midday. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, are we the midday madhouse? We're the <laughs> monsters of the midday. And we're coming to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. That song that was just playing, it's the uh, intro for Winning Time on HBO. Do you watch that show? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, okay. I know Jerry uh, watches it. My brother watches it. Jerry loves it. Mm-hmm. I just, to me, I feel like I remember all that. I don't need to watch a show about it because I saw it, but... It's entertaining. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of giving it a chance because everybody loves it. Yeah, no, it's really good. I haven't um, sat down. I think I, there's four episodes this season that I have saved that I need to watch, but I watched last season uh, as it Did happened. Did they just bring back the new season? Is that what happened? Yeah, it yeah. just came back. Okay. You guys need to watch it because the producer says that everyone needs to watch it so we get a season three. Oh, oh. well, that would make sense, actually, because I do hear they pick up television shows based upon audience size. That actually makes me less likely to watch oh. it because I'd be afraid if there's not going to be a season three... I don't want to invest in this. Whitey's not a conformist, Mr. <laughs> Producer. If it makes you happy, a lot of Lakers fans don't like it. Oh, th- I mean, that should be the biggest selling point of them all. Oh, now I do have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I have nothing against it. I just, I guess everybody loves it. So, but, I like, I see um, video of it. You know, there's the guy who's playing Larry Bird. And it just it's just me. It's me. I go, that's not Larry Bird. I know who Larry Bird is. You know, it's just too recent. Why did me. they get the real Larry Bird to play him? <laughs> yeah. He's still like, alive. I, in my mind, I can see the real Larry Bird. And I can see uh, Kevin McHale with Rambus in the clothesline. Dude, the guy. I can who, see all that. The the, the Red Arbok character is just so good, though. Just the, he just captures Red. It's, uh, it's the guy who plays him is uh, Hank from Breaking Bad. Really? I think so. No, I think it's Michael Chiklis. Oh, it is Michael Chiklis. You're right. I'm sorry. Oh, see that again. Be- no. That's, no, are, he does. Those are two different people. He does Arbok really good. Really good with Red. <laughs> are you old enough to remember Red on Round Ball? No. Okay. Do you know what that was? No. Uh, it's like Sunday halftime of the National Game of the Week on CBS or ABC, whatever it was. And hi, I'm Red Arbach, and today I got Pete Maravich with me. Pete, I have seen those. He's show us some of your ball TV. handling drills. <laughs> hey, don't try that at home. No, he didn't talk exactly like that. But yeah. Okay, what's the grade on the Red Arbach no, for Whitey? I don't know. I don't know what he sounds like. There you go. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I'm not trying to. Based upon the Michael Chiklis Red Arbach. Yeah. 
So his impression based <laughs> off of the guy that he's never seen play him? Correct. Yeah. I would say a three. Nice. Okay, and I would take it. I'd be happy with that. Um, but that was incredible. I have, the they've ran those on um, like NBA TV before. I, I have seen it. It's like, hey, it's Larry. Larry. Uh, Larry's going to show us the uh, foul drills at the uh, foul line. And I realized my red eye box, t- Tommy Heinsohn. <laughs> they have a great one. With, that's probably closer. Yeah. They have a great one with Bill Russell. And uh, so they have like Bob McAdoo in his uniform and somebody like Nate Archibald. And Bill Russell's out there in like a polo shirt. And tennis shorts, and he's dominating. Just these giving guys. them the business. And it's the weirdest thing, yeah. I, and you know that they're just kind of standing there. And then Bob McAdoo's probably thinking, I could swat this guy to the moon, but they won't let me. I'm right. supposed to watch him score on me. As you're talking about this, I think I remember it because I believe there's one with Larry Bird when he's talking about like shooting form. And he goes, See, if you're off balance like this, you're just not going to make it. And he just throws it up, and it's nothing but net. And he's like, Well. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like good yeah, stuff. if you're trying to show a guy that like if they're off balance, they're not going to make it. Larry's probably the last person because Larry just made everything. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is now we don't need that because we get all that and more on social media. Right. Uh, and streaming. You get way more than that and better than that. Who would be the coach like the Arbach equivalent today if they tried to do that? It'd probably have to be Pop, Pop? and he wouldn't like it. No, he'd, he'd hate it. He'd hate the whole thing. Which would make it super entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah, it would. I could uh, see Michael Malone doing it. I could too. Yeah, he'd be really, he'd be into it. Well, if we get a uh, turned up parade, Michael Malone doing it, <laughs> we're running that back. We're Yogi, running that back. Yogi. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Jokovic missing this hook. Hell no. <laughs> Love Michael Malone. So that happy for best. Michael Malone. I said Jokovic. <laughs> Jokic. We knew who you meant. You I did? wasn't gonna. Yeah, I was. I'm. Yeah, Jokovic. Boy, he had a good year. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Brian Yokovich from the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, we were talking about football. Come on, let's let's get back to football here. Who's the 49ers kicker going to be? Now that we had cut down day, do we know who their kicker is? Do we know what's going on with the rather important kicking position for the 40s Niners? It Jake Moody, I sort of. Yeah. Sort of. It's yeah. Zane Gonzalez. It's on the roster. Can't... Yeah, no, yeah, they picked Moody up. Gonzalez is hurt. And it's funny, as you read, they were hoping to flip Zane Gonzalez for some draft compensation because there was a lot of, you know, kicker flipping yesterday, as they call it, in the mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. Sure. And so they can't do that. And I don't boy, think you can say that on the radio, by the way, kicker uh, flipping. Well, you just did. I can. I oh, you I can. can. Got it. But no, because it's like, okay, so we're going to go in with this third-round pick that was, you know, somewhat shaky in the preseason. His, you know, the, the fail-safe, the backup is hurt, so we can't even do that And I don't really think you ever want to be in a scenario where it's Mitch Wisnowski doing any sort of kicking outside of putts. No, they're um, they're up against it for week one. Let's, even if Moody's fine, well, even he's an uncertainty. Let's like, there's going to be a little bit of a leash for Moody, right? Like three games, uh, three games. Well, if he's missing kicks and it actually costs you a couple games, I don't know. Is there? I, a- I guess three games. Yeah, but that would be it. Is there a scenario where they tuck their tail between their legs, pick up the phone, yes. and call Robbie Gold? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm kind of feeling really like, bad. yeah, but I'm also feeling like that is like a distinct possibility. That's not just a, well, if Moody sucks, because Moody could suck. Like, that's a thing. I, <laughs> I didn't think, I thought by now we'd all be very excited about him and, and so backwards that in camp he's great. And, well, I guess it's not backwards, but it's unfortunate for the 49ers and for him that in camp he's like, oh my goodness, this guy's nails. Then you get in the preseason. And she looks so, well, so wobbly. Let me ask you this. What would you do if you're running the 49ers? I don't think you are. I used to. Okay. And Moody, you get to the point where you realize, 
okay, it's just not happening. Would you go Robbie Gould, who's going to sit there and go, you know, I want a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Or would you go find, you know, somebody else? There's always kickers available, like some of the guys they brought in this week, including uh, Mr. Vizcaino. Yeah, no, I, I'm go get the and guy. Solino. Go get the guy that has been nails for you for so many years. I am of the opinion that if it's not the most underappreciated position in football, it might be in sports, is the kicker. Because there is so much pressure on you, especially when you're in those playoff situations where you got close games, man. It just seems like... They've really undervalued both the quarterback and the kicker position, and those are, like, arguably two of the most important positions in football. And it's like, I get you would have had to pay Robbie Gold, and I get you're trying to play cap gymnastics. I understand that. But you can't – I don't feel like you can win a Super Bowl, Whitey, if you have an unreliable kicker. No. Like, I don't think you can do that. you got to have an amazing defense right. and everything else. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's so many games, especially in today's – Especially in today's NFL, uh, the margin for victory is so slim, slimmer That's than ever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, I agree with it, you. It's such an important position to have, and it feels like they were kind of. And I felt this way when they made the the jump to Trey Lance from Jimmy Garoppolo just out of nowhere, and and doing that. There's like this arrogance almost with Kyle Absolutely. Shanahan, organizational like, arrogance. I agree. Yeah, and there's they this, get in their own way and they overthink right, it. Like we don't need Robbie Gold. Listen, there's this kid we can take in the third round that will give us just as much production. He's younger. He'll cost less. And it's like you really don't appreciate what you had. And you just think that, oh, we just plug these guys in. And my mm-hmm. offense and the people I'm putting around are so darn good that it doesn't matter. You know, Kyle, most teams wouldn't spend a third-round pick on a kicker. Well, that's because most teams are stupid, and I'm not. Yes, I'm Kyle Shannon. Do you know who my daddy is? My daddy won two Super Bowls. Yeah, and then it's like, ooh, Okay, now I see why yeah. teams don't typically spend. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, a third-round pick on a guy that, well, you didn't really vet, or excuse me, a third, number three overall pick on a guy you didn't really vet and who played one season of SCS football. <laughs> didn't Cleveland just pick two years ago? Didn't they pick a kicker with a high pick and he's ended up I think up it being worked a, out, though, right? I think it worked out for half the year, and then I think all of a sudden it's like, whoop, he can't <laughs> kick anymore. It's like the only real like case we can make is like is Sebastian Janikowski being a first round pick, and it's like you know what that actually worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Other and, than that, I mean, as per, for a punter, and I forget exactly where he was selected, but Ray Guy. <laughs> did you know that the Steelers have two punters on their fifty three man? Really? Yes. Yeah, because they're going to try to trade one. Wow. Punter. A punter. Did not see that. Also, shout out to people who buy punter jerseys. <laughs> I know that's random. I totally endorse that. I do endorse it, too. I worked with a guy one time. We're doing a fantasy football draft for work, and he shows up in an Andy Lee 49ers jersey. I'm like, that's bold. That's really bold. Uh, Cade York is the guy that I'm thinking of. Cade York uh, from uh, LSU, drafted by Cleveland Browns. Uh, and what? I think he was like a third-round pick. Anyway, they just I think they just let him go, and he signed with somebody's practice squad. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, four, uh, uh, round four. Round four. That's still that's still very high to take. Uh, yeah, I can't see where he got picked up, but man, was a uh, twenty-four a thirty-two last year. That's uh, a Titan s- signing former Browns kicker Cade York to their practice squad. Wow. Whoops. So it's risky. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Boy. if you're Kyle Shanahan right now, uh, you're thinking, you know what? The, yeah, he had some jitters. 
but he's going to be back on track and we're fine. Well, at least you're convincing yourself of that, right? Well, that's it. How much of it is just uh, that arrogance? Like you said, like, no, we picked him and he's going to be good. Yeah. Well, we'll see, right? Because kicking in training camp versus real game situations, as we saw, is and you two- would know. Yeah, me. I listen, a seven year NFL career bounced around a few teams as a kicker, but I, I did have a leg at one time. Um, <laughs> It's it's just one of those things where, man, kicking in a real game situation, like I know he made a game-winning field goal in the preseason. By the way, that was a really ugly game-winning field goal that was this close from not being a game-winning field goal. Uh, my highlight uh, kicking-wise of my whole career, such as it is, I got to a 49er playoff game really early against Washington, and the seats were in the end zone, auxiliary media, and I got there so early, Chip Miller was kicking, practicing, so I was kind of shagging for him. Wow. <laughs> There's nobody else there. Wow. Well, I'm happy I got your uh, your shagging story today. Yeah, you that got it. Sounds You're funny welcome. out of context. Sean McVay, meanwhile, <laughs> says the quarterback's wife was just joking. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Kelly. Uh, yeah, and she's something. <laughs> Next year, why didn't Watkins sack down sports? Buddy Gleason and Jay Mars today. Super special guest star, Chris Watkins, back today, but he's going to be on this afternoon on the Sharp and Waddy Show. Are you are you guys beefing a little bit? Me and Waddy? Yeah, just not, not together anymore. No. That's why I'm the bad boy of media. <laughs> no, I miss him, and I'm I'm sorry that he hasn't been feeling well. But last week he wasn't feeling well, and uh, he got like a secondary infection or something. It's not my business. I'm probably not even supposed to say that, but he's he's doing fine. People have been wondering. Uh, not at all. I miss him. Sure I'm looking no, forward. No tension there. That's I'm all. sure. Nice try. <laughs> nice try, Russell. Oh, that's a low blow if I've ever had one in this industry. (laughs) Um, And then I think tomorrow, Chris and I are back together. There you go. Yeah, I think it's uh, Thursday, Friday as Whitey and Watkins full Mm -hmm. on with Chris. Chris, are you taking two days off now? Uh, I think I might have to. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Can't have everyone back together. I'm Uh, actually doing Saturday mornings for some reason. Wait, really? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I that's, that all no, the way. I know, because that's actually 100%. a very believable thing, if you know the uh, how things work around here. It's very believable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have a resolution to a curious NBA story. NBA referee Eric Lewis is retiring, so the league is ending its investigation into his social media oh. activity, according to ESPN. Um, before the finals, you may remember, some now-deleted tweets were revealed by a pair of, um, well, they used to call it Twitter, uh, users of that appeared to show a referee defending himself and other officials against critiques of their work. So the league opened an investigation into whether Eric Lewis violated NBA rules by speaking about officiating in an unauthorized manner. It had been determined. It had not, pardon me. It had not been determined whether Lewis was using the account, which used the name Blair Cutler. <laughs> I'd just. i rather know the story of how we landed on that name, yeah. right? <laughs> Uh, Lewis was not selected as one of the 12 referees to work the finals between the Nuggets and the Heat as the league investigated the whole, you know, Blair Cutliffe gate. Um, Lewis had been chosen to work the finals in each of the last four seasons. So he has worked more than 1,200 games. And now this investigation is over. And so is his career. It's like, yeah, I'm out. Have a good night. All right. The investigation is over. So ends the Blair Cutliffe saga. Is that basically the equivalent of the two sides came to some agreement, right? It looks because like it. Because I'm something tells me that investigation probably pulled up more than meets the eye, and Eric was like, "Yeah, no, I don't need that being out there." 
It, I could have sworn Blair Cutliffe was a kicker who was in camp with the Bills. No, you know, Blair Cutliffe like... just got waved by the Niners for Jake Moody. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that sound like a oh, yeah. That, yeah, I remember him when he kicked in college. Blair Cutliffe. Yeah. No, that is 100% a kicker's name. You uh-huh. know what? He probably had like a kicking teammate in high school or something. His name was Blair Cutliffe. He's like, you know what? Nobody will get this. I just don't. I've never understood the purpose of the burner account. Like, what is going on? Like, what is angering you so much that you need to create a burner account to just fight randos on the internet? It's just, I think it just has to be psychologically. It is right. just so difficult to say, oh, well, I'm just going to let it roll off my back. Some people cannot do that, especially I, if they I, feel like that criticism of me is unjust. Right. And it's, but, and, and I get, and you're right. That is definitely what it is. But I guess I'm just like, at what point do you look around and be like, you know, these random Twitter accounts saying these things about my officiating will have absolutely no impact on my life. It'll have absolutely no impact on my paycheck. I will still be refereeing in the NBA finals. I'm sorry. I don't think Adam Silver goes to Twitter and grades officials based upon what mm-hmm. people tweet. You know? Also, there's a ton of people on Twitter, but we all need to remember that it is still a tiny, tiny percentage yes. of point. people. Good point. And that's not even counting the bot accounts. You know what I mean? Right. And there's so many of those out there. It's just like it's such a minuscule part of society that is out here complaining on Twitter. But people think it's like, man, I got 10 bad tweets about me. The world's coming to an end. Uh, the the KD stuff is just I can't understand. it. Yeah, no, I that's... just feel bad for him. It's like, dude, you're KD. Right. And it's like, why do you care what somebody says exactly. about some guy that will? And, and I always hate to be the that guy will never be you. They'll never make your paycheck. But that guy will be you. They'll never make your paycheck. It's just some random guy that wants to get under your skin. Mm-hmm. And you allow it. And then what did he say? Like, the, those are the people that motivate him. There's some quote like that over the uh, if summer. That's true. Okay. Whatever works for you. What is, what is more crazy? Like, you need those people for motivation or like Michael Jordan making up stories about LeBradford Smith to motivate him. That's a, a weird psychological thing. They're probably... Blood relatives, those two things, yes. right? Yeah, they the like they're place. right in the same boat because, mm-hmm. I mean, these people on Twitter are almost made up. Some of them are actually. Uh, let me ask the, you. The uh, Katie quote you're looking for, uh, J. Mars, is hate drives me. Too much love will kill you. There you go. That's a that's a really uh, <laughs> negative way to have perspective on life, right? <sighs> well, like we said, those guys that are the uber elite competitive athletes, Wired a little differently, and maybe it's not all healthy. So what you're saying is our careers would go way better if we make up (laughs) hate. You haven't been doing that already? No. We make up a lot of things on this show. Oh, (laughs) A lot of things. But this is factual. Kelly Stafford is uh, Matthew Stafford's wife, and recently she was on her terrific, just a crackerjack of a podcast, and she said that uh, uh, Maddie Stafford – um, is having a hard time connecting with his younger teammates. And they're like, oh, hi, Mr. Stafford. He's like, no, we're teammates. And they're always on their phones. So yesterday, Sean McVay, the coach, was asked about this as he met with the media. He says, I'm not concerned because I think if you know Kelly, I took that as more of a joke at the old man. And I'll be honest, there's a couple throws that he made during training camp where I wanted to say yes, sir, to him as well. He's done a great job being able to, I mean, if you watch it and if you come to camp, this guy's done a phenomenal job of leading, connecting with his teammates. Oh, I must have found the Wi-Fi password to connect with them finally, right? (laughs) 
I didn't think this was anything until he had to try to sweep it under the rug. That's the thing. That makes it seem like it was something exactly. because, boy, it got everyone else's attention. It's like, <laughs> so my quarterback's wife just basically said he can't connect with anyone on the team because he's used to talking to people and people aren't used to talking that he wants to connect with. Yeah. Because, and the thing was why I know it was serious, like, there was a very detailed answer on her part. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, Matt has trouble connecting with the kids. Oh, darn, those phones. You know, it yeah. was, no, seriously, Matt was used to guys playing cards and connecting that way. And then he looks at them, and they're always looking down at their phone. And he told me, like, I need this book. I don't want to know anyone's name. I want to go have a conversation with them so I can put a name to a face. I'm like, that's extremely detailed. Your Kelly Stafford is way better than your Jerry Jones, Thank you. I mean, way better. Well, I've been working Wait. on my Kelly Stafford Eight. for a lot Look longer. Thank you. <laughs> Kelly Mars coming to you from yeah. Sacktown Sports Studio. So I'm sure that wasn't what uh, Coach McVay was trying to accomplish, but in my mind, it sounds like yours as well. I'm thinking, ooh, they got an issue. Yes, there's a huge issue. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't even uh, have remembered it. Also makes sense given that the Rams are in a complete rebuild stage right now, and Matt Stafford is, what, 36, 37? Like, that's probably a good... 10 to 15 year difference between anybody else on their team. And it's like, yeah, no, that, that's definitely the head down. Look at the phone generation you're trying to talk with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. They're going to be, I think they're going to be terrible this year. I Jay was, Ross thinks they're going to be better. Jay Ross also for the last couple of years thought the angels were going to make the playoffs. So that's a mean thing to say about him when he's not here to defend himself. Oh no, I say it to he's his not face. Even, I don't think he's even in the state. Is La- he? Like last year in April, he was like, you know, the Angels are going to win the AL West. I'm like, are they? <laughs> Based upon what? They're playing well now. Yeah. Good luck to the Rams. Boy, the 49ers are going to beat them twice. They're going to beat Arizona. They only play them twice, but they're going to beat them like four times. That's how bad Arizona yeah, is no going to be this year. Who, do you, Arizona is going to be worse than LA though, right? Like, oh the, yeah. The Rams are the Rams are They'll flanked by than, the Arizona. Will be worse than the Angels. Oh, that's true. Oh, wow, that's bad. They're not even trying. No, they don't even have a show this year. Although, as I said, Connor Orr, he has the Rams winning week two against the 49ers. That's a very, I'd like to know how he got to that, given that I think McVay's beat Shanahan once and on years where he had probably better teams. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm not buying that. But are you buying this? The Jets say they're going to the Super Bowl, right? The Jets say they're going to the Super Bowl. Has any Hard Knocks team ever gone to the Super Bowl. The answer's coming up here. Whitey and Watkins on Sackdown Sports. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins on Sackdown Sports. And Jay Mars today in for Chris Watkins. Thanks for coming in today. We appreciate it. Hey, Help man. hold things you know, down, hold I was, it together. I was happy to do it. I was happy, you know, we came to an agreement on the contract and everything for the day. So, yeah, man. I didn't think, I didn't sign anything. I don't know. I don't think well, you weren't, signed anything. Well, you guys weren't a part of it. This was a, this was a big negotiation between me and Brian, the big boss. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he got well. it done. Brian gets things done. He got this done today. He does get things done. Are the Jets going to get it done? Are the Jets who are talking about going to the Super Bowl? Are they going to make good on that boast? The New York football Jets. Well, you got your Jets colors on today. Um, yeah, <laughs> in a roundabout way, yes. sure. Um, you know they got Aaron Rodgers now. I don't know if you've heard about this. I did hear about that. They will not be making the Super Bowl. They say they will. So, so I'm I, a liar is what they're telling you. <laughs> we'll find out. I decided to look it up. As if you really know Hard Knocks, you probably know this. Are you a big Hard Knocks guy? No. Moderate. I'm a kind of a moderate Hard Knocks guy. Meh. Has any team that was on Hard Knocks ever gone on to the Super Bowl? 
What's your guess on that, if you don't know? I'm going to say zero. Zero is correct. But one team did come close. In 2010, the Jets run hard knocks, and I think that was a let's go get a GD snack. Um, they went 11-5, and five and they lost the conference championship game. That is the uh, is that the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez-led Jets? Yes, I, I recall that well. That team is what I would like to say why he overperformed, because I don't think they were very good. Yeah, well, yeah, defense first. Yeah. Obviously, a and lot snacks. of Hard Knocks teams are not very good, because if you make the playoffs two years in a row, you don't have to be on Hard Knocks. So a lot of the teams that are eligible. Wait, is that true? I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, they have certain rules. If you get a new coach, you don't have to be on Hard Knocks. And I think it's playoffs two years in a row, you don't have to be on Hard Knocks. And I'll look up, there's there's two or three rules. Because I thought the 49ers were a perfect hard knocks candidate this year with all the quarterback stuff going on. I'm like, oh, that, that's juicy if you're a fan of NFL football and you're a yeah, fan of all exempt. the dirt. I was just going to say, I did not know they were an exempt team having made the playoffs the last couple years. Uh, let's see here. The league's criteria for teams to be eligible for hard knocks eliminates teams with first-year head coaches, teams that qualified for the playoffs the past two seasons. That have been the Niners. Teams that appeared in the past 10 years. Ah. That's why this year it came down to, I think it was the Bears and the Panthers and the Jets and somebody else. And it was like, please, please be the Jets. And the well, Jets the didn't want to do Panthers it. The Panthers had a new, got a new head coach. Yeah. So, so they would have been exempt. It wasn't them. Um, but anyway. And the Bears were, are just boring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why the Jets ah, okay. eventually, and it looks like the league really twisted their arm. And so they said, okay, fine, but we're not going to show any cuts. So we'll do it, but we're not oh. going to show any cuts. Yeah, and everything I've read, it's like Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's, I, I only watched the first episode this year, and it was like 30 minutes of Aaron the Messiah, which was like, Bleh. But yeah, it seems like also he was very instrumental and vocal. Like, I don't want to be the center of attention here, <laughs> which is really, <laughs> which is a really interesting thing coming out of his mouth, of all people. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't I don't see the Jets. I don't know. That no. is that is interesting that no one's gone to the Super Bowl because this show is a big fan of the show Quarterbacks on Netflix, and they're having a hard time getting quarterbacks to go on the show. Yeah. First season, one of the quarterbacks not only goes, but wins the Super Bowl. So 33% of the quarterbacks go on to win the Super Bowl. Shouldn't they be fighting to get on that show? Isn't this like the, it's like the anti-Madden curse, right? Right, like- <laughs> right. So it's Mahomes and Kirk Cousins and Mariota, right? We're yeah. the first three. And now there's a lot of quarterbacks. One of those is not like the others, is it? (laughs) A lot of quarterbacks are saying they won't go on it. But did you hear this for a lot? I think Joe Burrow has indicated. There's reports that he suggested he will go on. Oh, so Cincinnati Bengals, you're a Super Bowl I was going to say, no, Joe Burrow's like a legit NFL quarterback that could do that. Um, If you can find it, can we play for Chris? And if we don't have it now, we'll get to it. Uh, Robert Sala's speech about the eagle and the crow. That's so you, good. Oh, oh, you oh yes. Yeah. Big fan of the eagle and the crow analogy. <laughs> oh, you like that? Oh, yeah. I had no idea what he was talking <laughs> I about. I didn't either, but once it Wait, was... I thought we're the... Okay, are we the... We're the crows? Or No, we're the... E- nope. But the crows are attacking the eagles, so aren't we the crows? No, I was straight. And I'm like, aren't the eagles the other team that right. wears green in the NFL? Uh-huh. Uh, here's what teams have done. Teams on Hard Knocks starts with the um, <laughs> with the Ravens, 2001. They were 10 and six, and they lost in the divisional round. They had just won the Super Bowl, though, right? Right. Yeah. Five and 11, Dallas. Uh, four and 12, nine and seven, 10 and six, the Bengals. You do have some playoff teams in there. Last few years, since 2016, the Rams they were four and 12. The year they were on Hard Knocks. Tampa Bay five and 11. Cleveland seven eight and one. The Raiders seven and nine. 2020, the Rams, again, they were 10 and 6, divisional loss. 2021, Dallas 12 and 5, wild card loss. And then last year, 
uh, the Lions 9-8. and eight. So the Jets think they can be the first team to be on hard knocks and then make it to the Super Bowl. And I know why they're excited about Dalvin Cook and Aaron Rodgers. But come on, you look at the AFC and how stacked it is. The Jets are not going to the Super Bowl. Well, you're saying, look at their division. This is one of the best divisions in football. There's not a chance they're going to the Super Bowl. Now, I think they can compete for the playoffs. I think that is a very fair thing to say. But let me ask you this. If they win the Super Bowl, let's say this somehow, some way, this, you know, miracle jet season goes off. Don't you kind of have to go on hard knocks the next year as being the first Super Bowl winning team? I don't know, but let's see what Robert Sala has to say about how good the Jets are. All right, you can take your pens out on this one. This is a life lesson for everybody, for everybody. Three nights ago, three nights ago, I was in deep thought, deep thought, deep thought. And I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about all the excitement surrounding us, man. All of it. All of it. Did you know that the only bird, the only bird in the world that will attack an eagle is a crow? It's a crow. That's the only bird that will actually have the balls to attack an eagle. It will perch on the eagle's back and peck at its neck. So rather than fight back and tearing a crow to pieces like it can, The eagle spreads its wings, and it soars as high as it possibly can. It keeps going and going and going as high as it can. And the higher the eagle flies, the harder it is for the crow to breathe. Eventually, the crow suffocates, falls back down to earth, and dies. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Here's what I got. I wrote it down. I took my pen and paper out. I have deep thought, excitement, crow attacks eagle. Peck it neck, spread eagle, crow can't breathe. Just, to, I'm sure an eagle, if that really happened, an eagle is just going to tear the crow apart. No, no. Eagles are very, very kind to crows, Whitey. <laughs> it's, and, not, you know, it's nature. It's like, I only have so much energy. I don't have the energy to soar up into the stratosphere. Especially if I can just backhand this yes, crow. exactly. <laughs> so are like, let's say, uh, week one opponent's going to jump on and peck at Aaron Rodgers' neck. Does he just soar and get a puff? I don't know. Does Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers kind of hang out? I'll tell you this. For stats, <laughs> I think last night on Hard Knocks, from what I read, Aaron Rodgers used seven F-words in 30 seconds <gasps> when he was mad about something going on Uh-oh. on the field. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's not the nice Mr. Rodgers guy no. anymore once they get out there. That's angry, Aaron. On the gridiron. Up next, can another center be just what the Kings need? That's coming up here. Uh, J. Mars and Whitey, and we'll be sticking around on the YouTube here. Oh. So we're back on Sackdown Sports.